0: Love, talk, radio.
1: I'm Dylan Hart Jr. I love that Darlington Raceways Throwback Weekend gives us an opportunity to honor our sports history. The celebration at the track Too Tough to Tame connects NASCAR's past, present, and future. Here is Harry Gann about to win. The Southern 500 Martin Truex Jr. is doing that tonight so at Darlington. Join me in celebrating Darlington Raceways Throwback Weekend on September 2nd and 3rd. Purchase your tickets now calling 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com
2: Live from Tile Digger you're in the pit stop with Tenda Spain and
0: Stephen Wilson on the Speedway Digest radio network blog talk radio Stitcher radio and your Apple podcast
2: From Deconation. Uh I'm Tim Spain alongside my a good friend up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, Mr. Stephen Wilson, CEO of SpeedwayDigest.com. We got a lot to talk about tonight, but as of right now, without further ado, let's go ahead and get the invocation going, and we'll let everybody. We got a, like I said, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, everybody, bow your heads, please. Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And let us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For never and ever. Amen. Amen. Like I said earlier, we have a big show tonight coming up at a uh, quarter after the hour here there, uh, here on the central time zone, uh, seven fifteen Eastern there. We've got uh crew Skinner coming up. He's going to talk about his, uh, everything going on with the clicking ticket stuff. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, my good friend, uh, Sam Bass, uh, NASCAR's first officially licensed artist. And in the meantime, while I'm waiting on Steven, uh, we had a passing today, uh, mark smith and nascar made a statement on this uh nascar extend is, extends its deepest deepest condolences to the friends and family of mark smith for more than 30 years mark was a familiar and friendly face across all levels of nascar competition he excelled as an engine builder advancing from his roots in the K&N pro series to become two-time engine builder of the year in the nascar camper world truck series he also was a Team owner in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and NASCAR Xfinity Series, with over 1,000 career starts across both series, Mark's contribution to the racing not to be forgotten, and he will never he will be dearly missed by the sport of NASCAR. But to go on with that, uh, the uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series they were in Indianapolis this past weekend, and uh. uh NASCAR sort of changed everything a bit. They uh they implemented this new uh this new aero package the first time at Indy. Uh, they put plates, like I said, first time here, at Indy, first time there at Indianapolis, that uh, plates were put on a car other than Daytona or Talladega. And Steve O'Donnell made the statement. And let's listen to a little bit about what Steve O'Donnell had to say about the outcome of the new aero package and everything there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway.
1: Yeah.
3: So overall, um, certainly pleased with, with what we saw on the racetrack. You know, from an eye test, uh, definitely passed. And when you look at the the metrics, right? It's the most leaders we've had, most lead changes, closest finish. So you know, certainly on the the quick recap, um, some really great metrics. But you know, as we said before, there's a, there's a lot for us to digest, to go back, talk to the teams. You know, you guys are just getting quotes from drivers too. We've got to do the same thing with drivers, crew chiefs. Um, and see where we're at and, and kind of evaluate and go from there.
0: Joey said he thought it was slow, and, you know, it looked slow compared to what we're used to seeing here and a little faster in the corners, but you think the end game is just passing and slow really isn't the, you know, op, uh, the objective?
3: I think a great race is the objective, and, you know, I think what fans saw today was uh, was that. Um, you know, certainly I, I think it passed the eye test. So, um, speeds, you know, some races, you know, you're going 200. Some you're, you're, you know, down in the 100s on a road course. And it, at what at the end of the day, it, it matters is uh, how many lead changes did we have, and and was it competitive throughout? And, and we thought it was today.
1: Steve, did it take a little while for it to develop in the race? Because in the early laps, they started to the spread out, with the exception of the top four cars could run together. But then as the race went on, you'd see little packs get closer and closer.
3: Yeah, I think on this package, you know, you've got to look at what's what's a realistic expectation, right? You know, we never thought this would be Daytona or Talladega. You know, the, the first objective to us was could you close that gap from first to second? And we certainly saw that, you know, with the leader really not getting out that far today all day long. Um, you saw some stretches where you had two or three cars and then kind of a gap between those. And that's something we want to evaluate. You know, Is there a, a better ability for us to be able to close that gap during the race and, and certainly look at that.
4: Steve, uh,
5: uh, a lot of people, the thing that stood out the most was the fact that leaders couldn't just drive away. And of course, the first thing everybody wants to know is why can't we do this at every track. But <laughs> yeah. just to reiterate, is, is this, this is an Indy specific package. Right. So I think it's
3: so, so you know, I think what you have to do is go back and look at a lot of the tests we've done, a lot of things we've tried, even at the the Monster Energy Series level where we, we ran some different packages at Michigan and Indy. We learned a lot through that. One of the things we had not done in the past was evaluate the power uh, in the car, potential restrictor plate, and so that was another lever we wanted to pull here for the Xfinity Series race. So I'd say, you know, part of our evaluation now will be, um, can we do this in the future? Should we? And are there other racetracks that have a similar layout um, that we may be able to, to use this at? So that's all, you know, future potential. Um, but it is something that you could look at um, for a couple tracks as well.
0: Steve, anything surprise you, or is this exactly what you expected when you guys planned it out? You never know until the race unfolds.
3: No, I, I think everything surprises. <laughs> I know. I, but, but I would say I'll give a lot of credit to the industry and, and our folks at R&D. Um, there's been a lot of work, and one of the things that they've always advocated for was um, you know, restricting the engine, especially at Indianapolis. That is not met with a lot of enthusiasm from the drivers, as we usually know. But I think it's hard for them to say uh, what they saw today was was not um, you know something that was positive for the fans. So again, there's a lot to look at with with that. But uh, you know, we liked what we saw. It played out, you know, somewhat how we thought. But uh, so there's a lot to learn with every race. There.
6: Is there anything about the
1: Cup car that this package would not be as compatible with, or would you expect a similar result if you? Put the exact same spoiler and air duct and restrictor plate on a
3: cup car? I think tough to say without a lot more kind of CFD work and a lot more research and d but I mean, it's, it's not a, a huge difference that we made in terms of the current package with Xfinity to this package, so it's safe to say that, you know, it, it's not a drastic change, Bob, but it's it's still something that would require a lot of work and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of efforts through all of the industry to make sure we were able to pull that off. You said it passed
5: the eye test. Do you have, do you, from where you were sitting, do you see other areas of improvement just uh, with, before you even get back to the data? Can you can you see where you could pick some?
1: Is there any place to make it even better than what it was today? Some of the, the drivers said they couldn't. Once they get up to a car, they were still kind of stall out a little bit.
3: They were, but uh, you know, I, I heard one of the drivers say he couldn't pass. But you know, there were other drivers able to pass. I think when you got side by side, it was a second difference um, with with other drivers, so you're able to close that lap that gap. So you know, we'll always look as is it, is it you know. There are ways to make it easier to pass, certainly, but you know this is uh, you know the world's best drivers. You know the Xfinity Series and Monster Energy. It should be hard to pass. Um, but if we can, you know, make it uh, you know a better race, we'll continue to do that.
0: How do you like the battle between one of the young guns coming up, who's not even in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series yet, and a veteran who is in the Elite Series?
3: I think what you saw today for uh, William Byron, um, you know, holding off. The lead as he did, you know, potential tire issues, but still stayed on the gas. Was able to block. Was able to perform at a high level. Shows you why he's got an incredible future. First time here, so, you know, for us, you look at this race and you look at uh, who won it. Uh, I think it was a terrific winner for for the sport as well. I I would disagree with Kyle and I would say, you know, William Byron won this race and, and competed at the, the highest level today. So, you know, Kyle I don't think liked the, the package um before we got here. So, you know, we knew we'd be challenged and um you know, I, I think we saw a lot of different drivers from the Xfinity series up there competing and our leading laps which which is great for the sport.
2: Steve and uh Steve O'Donnell there talking about the new aero package they run at Indianapolis Motor Speedway this past weekend for the National Xfinity Series there and uh, it sort of looked like uh, O'Donnell wasn't happy with uh, Kyle Busch with the statement that he made I mean you know and you and I look at a lot of social media and you know Kyle announced last week <clears throat> that whenever he makes it to 100 wins in the Xfinity Series he's going to retire so Kyle sort of throwed it sort of throwed it at O D about, you know, they're trying to make it harder for him to retire to stay in the sport and uh O D throwed it back, but
0: Yeah. You know, I I you know, I think he was a little bit frustrated and, you know, it's uh you know, they are talking about some more changes coming along the way. Uh you know, that, that came back out again this weekend, some more uh some more on that, you know, right now they've they've limited down to 10 races in the Xfinity Series and about seven races in the trucks right now that anybody over five years in the Monster NASCAR Cup Series can run. And, you know, there's some speculations that that may be even cut down to five events per year. And not only that, they can't run in the playoff races. I mean, in the playoff races either. So, I mean, you know, that really is cutting into, you know, these last 12 or 11 or so races that you know Kyle Busch has to, uh, you know, get to, uh, before he supposedly says that he's going to retire out of the NASCAR Xfinity series out there. So, uh, you know, I guess he's, uh, you know, he's a little bit frustrated about that. I guess he's, you know, frustrated about pending changes that could occur out there. That, you know, and these are just, you know, these are just, you know, possible rumors that they're talking about, some ideas that have been floated around because, you know, as as we continue to hear uh, all the time is, is that people are tired, uh, fans are tired of going in and watching some of these drivers, you know, every single week, uh, NASCAR Monster Energy Series drivers winning each and every week, and they really want to start seeing some of these new drivers like Wayne Byron that won this past weekend in Indianapolis in the Xfinity Series, and I think, you know, NASCAR is doing what they can to respond to what the fans want. And uh, you know, with uh his uh, 82 eighty two, eighty three wins, I I'm not looking at it right now, but I know it's eighty two, eighty three, something like that. You know, Kyle Bush has a lot of wins in that series and, you know, the drivers will tell you they'd like to learn from him, but at the same time, you know, they've got to counter NASCAR has to counterbalance that to what the the fans are saying that yeah, it it's cool to go out there and, you know, Sometimes see you know Kyle Busch out there running and but they don't want to see him winning all the time. So I think you know NASCAR is just making that response there at the same time and trying to balance out where the where is that kind of even you know even keel out there for them to stay afloat with keep getting those drivers in there, keeping the popularity of the series, not only the Xfinity series but the Road Truck series with these drivers into it but also giving other drivers such as the William Byron's and the new drivers that are coming up throughout those series a chance to shine at the same time.
2: Exactly, Stephen. And speaking of new drivers, we have our guest coming on right here. Uh, We have driver of the number 15, uh, Dirt Super Late model for Skinner Motorsports. Uh, He runs a lot of stuff. He runs crate. He runs everything else. Stephen, let's bring on Cruz Skinner from Skinner Motorsports into the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Cruz, how you doing tonight, son? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's been a while since I talked to you, since we had you on the show. And Cruz, you've grown up a lot. You're now 15. (laughs) You're now 15. What a... I mean, you know, you can't get an Alabama driver's license. You can get a permit right now. But uh, (laughs) just talk a little bit about, I mean, what does it mean to actually, you know, drive a super late model or crate late model there on dirt? And, you know, you go up all over these dirt tracks here in the southeast. But what's it like to sort of just sort of give our listeners a perspective of you don't have a driver's license, but you can drive 90, 100 mile an hour on these
7: dirt tracks? (laughs) Uh, I definitely have a lot of fun with that, um, just traveling around and racing against people who have been racing 30, 40 years and racing side-by-side side with them and being competitive with them, come home and want to go get something to eat and have to bring a parent or somebody <laughs> along with me just so I can go get food. Uh, it, it, I definitely have a lot of fun with it, uh, just kind of joke around with it. we well, People bring it up to me all the time. Say, "Hey, Cruz, how's it feel to be able to race cars, but not even be able to drive on a road?" I just tell them it's life. It's funny to me, and and uh, well, but once I get my license, uh, I'll definitely have be having to watch my speedometer.
2: <laughs> I bet you will. And uh, Cruz, I don't want to take up a lot of time. You know, I want to let Stephen Wilson digest dot com have you too. But uh, over your career you've got 365 wins and talk about this past friday night at moulton raceway park uh you run the double duty and you you won both races talk a little bit about how the car was and how everything went down and that was a big this was a big weekend for you this past weekend at moulton, correct yes
7: yeah, sir this past weekend we went to on friday night we went to Moulton raceway park and uh we raced both of We've raced our uh, CVR Super Lake model and our CVR Crate Late model as well. And, um, you know, we've pulled double duty a couple times before, but, um, you know, there's only one class between Crate and Super each through hot laps, qualifying, and the feature. But... um you know, we, we've been down there a decent bit, and we've had uh, good luck down there. So we, we had a general idea of what we needed to do with, uh, with a supercar and we knew just about what we needed to do with the crate car. And, uh, you know, we went down there, and we was really good out of the box. And we qualified on the pole for the crate race and was fortunate enough to lead every lap. And we qualified outside front row uh, second with the super light model and uh, was – just kind of hanging around with a leader and we had a caution and I was able to get by him on a restart and kind of pull away a little bit. So, uh, we definitely had a really good weekend weekend at, uh, Molten. And, you know, just, that was just a lot of fun. Just being able to, just be, to make that many laps in one night is, uh, incredible to me. Just being out on the track so much is a lot of fun, but, uh, I really couldn't have done it without all the guys helping us, um, my dad of course keeping you know, keeping me in check on my driving and um help you know, doing the setup. And my crew chief UB met Fadden, um, you know, really keeping the tires you know, making sure everything's staying on the car. And we had one more boy come help change tires and stuff like that. But um really couldn't have done it with all of them, but you know, that's just a lot of fun to be able to go do that.
2: And Cruz, my final question before I throw you over to Stephen Wilson at com. Uh you uh the past couple of years you've been doing a a uh, a deal with the Alabama State Trippers and Clicker Ticket and uh you had a midi event uh this afternoon at Talladega short track there which I could not attend cuz I was still at work. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes yeah, sir. Uh
7: this weekend there's um we went out to Talladega short um Today we went out to Talladega Short Trek, and um, I talked to a few people uh, um, about my season so far in this past weekend, but one of the main things we touched on was the Clicker Ticket campaign. Um, That all started back in 2015 when I was fortunate enough to be picked as the spokesperson for the Alabama State Clicker Ticket campaign, and that was just a lot of fun being able to go film the commercials and be on the billboards, and, you know, that that that's just really cool for – me being my age, doing stuff like that. But um most important thing was getting that message out. to so always buckle up. And, uh, you know, just saving one life is worth all of it. You know, um, no matter what it costs, what we had to give up, saving one life is absolutely worth everything we've done. But uh, we, we like to go out and um, speak about it. We've gone to elementary schools, high schools around the state. Uh, We've done different events with it, and, you know, like I said, just getting that message out is the biggest thing with that.
2: That's awesome, Mary Cruz. And, uh, again, I want to thank you for taking time time out to come on. Thank Mark Pons. Thank your dad and everything for everything that y'all do. And uh, I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Wilson at SpeedwayDigest.com, just right outside of Richmond National Raceway in the Commonwealth of Virginia up there. Cruz, good luck. The rest of the 2017 season, and I'm sure Susan and I will get out to the short track. We'll we'll get to see you, Bud. We'll get an interview.
7: <laughs> yes, Thanks sir. Thank you, Chris. Definitely, I I enjoyed it. Thanks
0: for talking with me. You're welcome, right. Chris. Appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. Uh, you know, Tim was just talking a little bit about your record and some of the stuff that you've done down there on the short tracks in Alabama. When you think back at some of the wins and what you've done down there, how much is this preparing you for a much larger career, or what path are you pre, uh, preparing to take? Um, You know, being 15, you it, you know, some some other drivers are you know at 16. And so, uh, those t- those ages are already starting to get into the ARCA series or k and series things like that. You know, as as your record begins to build out there. um, where, where does that put your career at as you start thinking into the next year or two?
7: here right in the next few years, we're going to work on our dirt uh, super late model program, crate program, continue to uh, pro- uh, try to progress in that. But uh, our ultimate goal for the next couple of years is to partner up with a team and start running more and more asphalt races. Uh, I've, I've got some asphalt experience, but, um, we're going to have to partner up with a team. That's what we're doing right now. We're uh, reaching out, getting our name out there, and um, hunting up potential uh, partners to go out there and uh, do that with us. You know, we're, we're looking for a deal that benefits both us and the team because uh, that, that's really what it's all about. It can't just benefit us. It's got to benefit us and the team. Uh, that, that's what we're trying to do The in, here in the next year or two years.
0: And as you get ready to prepare for this, I mean, uh, yeah, running a lot there on dirt. You know, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the drivers really come from that kind of side of the, you know, this the sport these days. When you look at some of those drivers that have come from that side of the sport and really, you know, hone their skills on the dirt tracks down, uh, dirt tracks in general. Uh, where do you, where do you bring, where do you get your greatest influence from? as far as
7: that's concerned. Uh I, uh, I watch a lot of the NASCAR races, and uh, I, people I really like to watch is the people like Christopher Bell and uh, Kyle Larson are two of them that I watch a lot. And, um, yeah, I watch them, and they have just such great car control. And, you know, coming up from the dirt roots, I think that's uh, where they get some of it at, coming up, growing up on dirt and uh, being able to to control cars going 100 miles an hour on dirt, slick, or hooked up running inches away from the wall. But um, those two are the two of the people I've watched and, you know, follow. You know, watch them go up through the ranks and knowing where they come from has really inspired me and really made me think that I can do this, and um, hopefully I'll be able to.
0: Cruz, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. And before we let you get out of here, we're going to let everybody know how they can follow you on social media and any of your sponsors out there. And Good luck throughout the rest of the 2017 season.
7: Yes, sir, absolutely. Uh, We're on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, all at uh, Skinner Motorsports. We post uh, where we're going to be at throughout the week and results throughout the week. Then uh, we'll post results throughout the weekend on how we're doing, at what track, and what stage of the night. But I, I just want to thank, uh, to start with Skinner Body Shop and NAP Auto Parts, uh, Smith uh, Chevrolet. They do a lot. They put on a great crate series to go travel and a great, a great sanctioning body down here in the southeast. I want to thank Huddle House, Austin Hines Motors, Griffin Services, Kaiser Manufacturing, uh, CVR race cars for building a really great, uh, fast, and safe race car. Uh, I want to thank Schoenfeld Headers, Hooser Tire, and, uh, Real Wheel Racing Wheels. And I also want to thank um, my dad and my grandfather for always being there for me and uh, really supporting me throughout my career. And I also want to thank my crew chief, uh, UB McFadden, for putting in a lot of hard work down at the shop.
0: Thanks a lot, Skinner, at Cruise, and take uh, take care. Yes, sir.
7: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on.
0: Anytime.
2: All right, Stephen, that was Cruise Skinner there. You know, Susan and I, we went to a lot of the ice bowls, what have you, a lot of local uh, short track events here at Tidal Super Speedway. I mean, you know, Cruise is. He is he's coming of age, you know, and he mentioned William Byron, he mentioned Kyle Larson. And I can tell from and Cruz don't take this serious, but uh I can tell from a couple of years ago whenever we've had him, he sort of groomed himself through the through the media and how to talk to media and he's turning out to be a really good young man, Steve.
0: I don't, re- I don't even remember the last time that he was on, to tell you the truth, was, um, I guess it's been quite some time since we've even had him on. I mean, do you even remember, to tell you the truth?
2: Honestly, Stephen, it's probably been, it's probably been three years since, since we had him on, but i mean, uh, and you know, his PR, Mark, Mark Pond, Mark Pond hit me up last night and they invited me, uh. Rita Donahue and Mike Donahue there at Tidal Short Track. Right? They wanted him to invite me out to the media event. They had TV and everything out there today which was at 3 o'clock local time which I don't get off to 3.30 local time so I couldn't make it and I just said, Mark, why don't we just bring Cruz on? Just bring him on the show. I said, we've got Sam Bass coming up here at the bottom of the hour and you know we can bring him in and you know just let him talk about everything and uh, I'm pretty sure the local news they've already posted their stuff and I'm in here, you know, we're in here doing this Radio deal, but it's been a while, and I've went out there and I've watched him. And I hate to keep, but Cruz is grooming. I mean, somebody is grooming Cruz, or Cruz is grooming himself. And he's really come a long way, Stephen. Uh, you know, just like I said, uh, he don't get to talk to that much media, but uh, he. I'm trying to look for the word Stephen. He's I keep saying groomed, but I mean, he's, he's come of himself. self. How does that sound,
4: Steven?
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that, I mean, you know, I, I, I tell you, I have to tell you the funny story uh, years ago when, when um, truck series first ran um, at Rocky or I, I think this was even before the, the truck she was raced at Rockingham. Um I had the opportunity to go and interview Kyle Larson. And this was when he was running in the NASCAR K&N series. It was in the November uh K and championship race out there. And they uh, had Kyle Larson come in and he was talking. I mean there was only a couple of us there for this November race. So um they had the girl from uh you know, Rev, Rev Racing there and a couple other people, a couple of the representatives and stuff like that. And, you know, Kyle Arson was really new to talking to the media and things like that. Well, the one thing that I noticed about him is that during the interview, he sat on his hands a lot. He, after, you know, after he did the interview and with me and I think a couple other people, things like that, that um, he continued to do that. Through the entire process, well, you know, he ended up winning the he ended up winning the championship that year, and the NASCAR uh, Canyon East series out there when Rockingham when they ran at Rockingham, so they brought him back in again, and you know, a couple of the media out there, and the same thing happened all over again. So, but uh, you know, the moral to the story of this is is that over time he's really learned how to talk to the media, and now when you see him out there talking, it's it's a whole different story he actually has calmed himself down a little bit and i think you know those are the techniques that you know as you start working through these processes and working with media representatives and things like that you really um, you know you go from not getting that exposure out there or not knowing how to talk to people to now you're you're more in the limelight and now you're out there answering questions on a weekly basis and front of television cameras or radio or in front of people sitting in the media center.
2: Exactly, Stephen. And to add to your point there, uh you know, NASCAR has that NASCAR combine. And you and I, we've had NASCAR combine drivers on here and there and they've always spoke I mean, you know, ladies, young young ladies, young gentlemen, they've always spoke about the NASCAR combine, about how that is one of the one of the deals that they actually send the nascar combine drivers through they drill them on media how to talk to the media and how to do all that but steven let's go ahead and bring on our guest here at the bottom of the aisle we've got a nascar's first officially licensed artist mr sam bass let's bring sam in the pit stop with him in spain and Stephen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble Sam, how you doing tonight, my friend? Everything okay? Doing great, man. What an what a introduction. That's, what, that's really, really cool. Thank
5: you for doing that for me.
2: <laughs> You're welcome, Sam. And I figured, you know, that's what they play at Bristol every year. About, oh, yeah. you know, And you uh, had a big announcement today, uh, uh, Sam, uh, which I was watching your Twitter feed. Uh, you were getting everything ready for Dale Jr.'s last race uh, up there at the NHRA night race coming up at bristol and uh you had to make some changes didn't you bud
5: <laughs> yeah that you know that's the way it works sometimes it, that, that's the that's the life of an artist sometimes um i got the uh i did the rough draft for bristol and i got it all approved and everything and then i did the painting of uh dale jr's car and and i researched to find out what paint scheme he was going to be running and he was supposed to run my Exalta paint scheme there, and and uh, lo and behold, uh, I got the painting uh, about finished, and um, then the announcement came from um, Ducks Unlimited uh, that they were going to have a special paint scheme on his car. So, I uh, you know, I, I try to be really uh really uh historically accurate in all my work and it just was killing me that I would have something that wasn't correct on the cover for Dale Earnhardt's uh Dale Earnhardt Junior's last race there. So um as it turned out, uh putting the Black Ducks Unlimited car on there actually was kinda cool as it as it all worked out because uh in the black night sky had a uh uh, kind of a cloud formation of his dad's uh, black good wrench car. So, uh, so it was kind of poetic justice in, in the end. But boy, it was a lot of work getting
2: there. <laughs> I bet it was Sam. Awesome piece of work. And uh, well, let everybody know. You're welcome, Sam. Let everybody know where they can actually, you know, go and actually purchase that piece of which is going to be history from the last grace. California. well well
5: thank you much i i appreciate it. we're working on all that right now um and uh uh the um but that can uh go always go to sambass dot com and um all all of my work is always there and uh and um we're 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 doing all the licensing and all that stuff right now on that and we hope to have uh posters and prints and uh and definitely programs at at bristol uh within the next month it's uh it's sneaking up on us isn't it it
2: is sam it is and uh you haven't been on the show in a little while you know we've had you on two or three times and thank you very much for taking time out to come on again to uh to tonight but uh sort of let out you know some of our listeners sam that are first time tuning in listen can you let everybody know how you actually got started in into the artist and being nascar's first officially officially licensed artist
5: oh sure um well you know I, I mean i guess i guess my start um came about in uh in february of of 1981 uh one um i did a painting um for a bobby allison fan club banquet and uh um and the crowd reaction was amazing i gave it to uh uh to bobby who was uh, attending the banquet and uh, presented it to him and that kind of launched me and got me started um i i uh began doing program cover artwork for Charlotte Motor Speedway in 1984 and um Uh, Talked to them, and and in May of 1985, I did the very first uh, of my Charlotte Motor Speedway program covers, and I'm happy to say that I have done every single program cover for them um, in the uh, 30-plus years since then. And, uh, And I became officially licensed with NASCAR in about 1996, uh, when they opened up their licensing department, and uh, I went to them, and uh, they were familiar with my work. Of course, I'd been doing it for at that point about fifteen years, and um, I asked them if I could be officially licensed with them, and and they gave me the title of first officially licensed artist of NASCAR, which um, I'm very very proud of and uh, and uh, honored to have and. And I, I just love working in the sport, and I've been able to you know, do all facets of, of the sport from the uh, illustration work for the programs and uh, posters and prints to um, custom guitars for the, uh, uh, for the pre-race entertainment to the, um, to the car designs that I've done over the years for people like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon and um and did a lot of work for Dale senior as well, so it's been a great career. this is my thirty sixth year um doing it, and uh, I've just had a ball, and hopefully it'll it'll last at least another thirty six years. <laughs>
2: awesome sam and just uh, i'm I'm probably going to tell my age too uh you know here at Talladega super Bowl, back in the 80s i was a teenager and you know back then you've been around the sport too everything has evolved big time and uh oh yeah i used to i used to be able to check out a high school for the may race and you know back then we had the july race during the summer which sure. was hot as- which was hot as Hades, you know that. Sam. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but
2: uh, I think it was, was cooler was, in Hades, actually. <laughs> yes, sir. Exactly, Sam. But, uh, you know, I would I would check out a high school in May. Uh, and, you know, during the summer, uh, I worked for Mr. Enoch Staley there, right. uh, you know, the late great Enoch there on North sure. Wolfsburg. And I'm, and I'm probably fixing a touch of nerves there with Stephen because Stephen's a big supporter of Save the Speedway there at North Wolfsburg. But, um uh, mm-hmm. Did you ever do any paintings or any or drawings or anything of North Wilkesboro or Enoch and, and anything like that back in the day?
5: Yeah. Yeah, actually I did um I I uh I I did a a program cover for North North Wilkesboro one time. Um I got the opportunity to do that and uh uh it was uh Chad Little that was on the cover of it um because the race was sponsored by um uh, bullseye Barbecue at the time And uh, I, I got The opportunity to do the program covering It was uh, it was really cool
2: And Sam, thank you Very much, I'm going to hand you over to Stephen There at with Digest, uh, just right outside of Richmond Race for there, okay. he's chomping the, he, He's chomping at the bits, but Again, Sam, thank you very much for calling in Thank you for being a good Hey, thank
5: fan. you for having me on, I appreciate it guys It's always a pleasure to talk with you
2: you're welcome, Sam, man. Thank you very much for the bill that you sent Suzanne. Suzanne's jumping up down. She loved it.
5: <laughs> well, that's good, man. You guys have always been so good and kind to me, and uh, I love being on your program, and uh, and I knew that uh, Suzanne really wanted that, and it was my pleasure to send it to her. So that's great.
2: Awesome. Thank you very much, Sam. You have a good evening. I'm going to throw you over to uh, Steve Mutzer at Okay, on
0: great. I'm going to step aside. Sam, thanks a lot. I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. No problem. Um, you know, everything, as Tim was just saying, has changed in this day and age. And I know you do a lot of this stuff really just by hand, but how much of your work now do you, have you converted over and started digitizing these days at first to hand-painting your work?
5: Um, well, I, I still do um, the watercolor paintings um, and, and drawings, and and that uh, that that particular painting is is um, another one of my watercolors. I, I um, really enjoy working um, on that and doing it. From uh, that was kind of a rare occasion today. I was able to to show the preliminary rough draft and kind of where it. Where it all starts and how it how it goes on and and develops and everything so uh um you know i i really i really enjoy um doing that the um uh you know the the program covers doing the two different ones um it was uh it it it, it almost hurt my feelings uh to have to um cover up uh, the um the neon colors. On the exalted car uh, with the dark colors of the um, uh, of the uh, um, uh, the Ducks Unlimited car, but uh, now in that case I didn't have to do uh, a total redo of the whole painting. Um, I was able to do a separate painting of the Ducks Unlimited car, and then digitally. Drop that over top of the um uh exalta car so uh that was um the that version of it was uh had some digital enhancement on it but uh but but the first one was you know done uh with the with the watercolors and everything I was real proud of the way it turned out
0: and as you progressed throughout your career out there and in the, the NASCAR community, you, you've talked a little bit about the many different pieces out there. What, what do you think is one piece out there that probably somebody may not know you for? I mean, a lot of people know you for some of your pieces that, and some of your work that you've done, obviously, there with uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway and Bristol and Dale Earnhardt and you know, some of the other drivers out there, and the guitars, obviously, is, you know, one of your more famous pieces out there, but is there a piece out there that you've done that that somebody just may not know you for?
4: Well, you know, um,
5: that's an interesting question. Um, uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't know, you know, that, that I had a hand in is, um on the, uh, the outside, uh, the Stonewall Street side of the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, there are five large 14-by-18-foot um, uh, 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 sculptures um, that tell the history of NASCAR from the, the beginning on the beaches of daytona all the way up to the modern day uh coliseums that that we race at and uh those are the largest pieces i've ever done and um they weigh about 2500 pounds apiece um and uh i got the opportunity to do those whenever they open the hall of fame and i'm really proud of those uh because they tell Visually, the history of everything that's inside the Hall of Fame, but it adorns the outside of the uh building and uh it's it's a real neat three dimensional piece and uh something I'm very proud of
0: and My final question to you is is that from a creative aspect on this how how deeply involved do you, do you get on your creative side? Is it that the the, the client comes to you with a, with a, with an idea and you come up with the format and with the drafts, or is it that you get an opportunity to express yourself express yourself in your creative side in in more of a fashion that it's more on you than it is necessarily than Um, You know, like you've done for obviously like Bristol here or Charlotte Motor Speedway, or like you've just been talking about there uh, about at the Hall of Fame.
5: Um, you know, as I was saying earlier, I've been doing this about 36 years, and I'm very, very fortunate in that. Um, the clients I work with give me a lot of creative freedom um, and you know there are certain things that I have to pay attention to as far as you know making sure that um, you know logos are on there and um, and that you know certain uh, uh, you know sponsors are represented on the cover and everything depending on the particular event um but but I'll tell you um the uh the idea for for say for example the Bristol cover I mean I submitted one rough draft and they approved it and then I began working on the final painting and uh and and that would have been over and done, um, actually, whenever I finished it with the Exalta car on there. But I, you know, when I heard about the um, the Ducks Unlimited uh, paint scheme um, that was going to run on the car, it just really bothered me that I was going to have an incorrect program cover, especially on something that was so historical, as Dale Earnhardt Junior's last race at Bristol. So I even though it had been approved and, and and signed off on, um, I called Bristol up and told them that I was gonna do um the the redo of the cover and make it the correct version of the car. But for the most part, whenever I mean I get very involved creatively and um I'll work and try my best to, um, you know, to come up with something really, really creative and really neat and different, and uh, and uh, I've been very, very blessed that, uh, you know, for the most part, over the past 36 years, the clients have, have given me their sign-off and just kind of let me go.
0: Sam, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. I wish you the best throughout the rest of 2017. And before we let you get out of here, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media, where they can find your paintings, your artwork, how they can purchase them, and where you will be at coming up throughout the next couple of events so that they can meet you, get their uh, paintings, their, their programs, autographed, and anything else you would like. Um, to let us know about before we let you get out of here, and I appreciate well you thank you sir to you um on I, I
5: really appreciate that stephen um i um uh, they can follow me on twitter. I love um uh, you know uh, engaging with the with the fans on twitter um I try to respond to everybody that asks me a question uh so they can follow me at Sam Bass artist on twitter and um Uh, they can visit my website, um, uh, sambass.com, um, and, uh, I'd appreciate them going there. They can find pretty much everything I have on that. As far as appearances and everything, um, my first, uh, trip, uh, scheduled trip back to the racetrack this year since the Daytona 500, um, given, um, all my, um, um, my dialysis and all that stuff I've had to go through this year. Um, I'll make my first um, scheduled return to the racetrack at the Bristol race in August, and um, I'll do an autograph session um, uh, at downtown um, at uh, Food City Race Night on Thursday and also at the Bristol Motor Speedway gift shop from 2 to 4 on Saturday. And uh, then I hope to hit a lot of the tracks um, uh, throughout the remainder of, uh, of the final um, playoff run. And um, so we'll post that on uh, sandbass.com or on my Twitter uh, site, and uh, people can be aware of where I'm going to go. But uh, um, I would certainly appreciate them coming out to see me.
0: Thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure as always to have you on and I wish you the best of luck throughout the rest of twenty seventeen.
5: Well thank you very much, man. It's been great being on with you guys. You got a great show.
0: Thank you. Take care.
5: Take care.
2: Steven Sam Bass there. Sam Bass is a legend. I mean for some of our listeners, like he explained everything. He has NASCAR has brought him into the sport. Uh, they wrapped his arms around him. He's wrapped his arms around NASCAR. <clears throat> Very classy gentleman. Uh, I mean, what can I say? The first officially, officially licensed artist of NASCAR, Stephen.
0: Yeah, he's a really cool guy. Uh, a lot of his stuff that he's done out there uh, has just really just is a historical archive of this sport that just adds to it um, over the years, and it, it's just a visual history of the sport that we've been able to really just see and grow and uh, watch. And you know, a lot of these drivers just really appreciate some of the trophies, and you know, uh, the fans that have been able to buy, uh, get his artwork, um, you know, buy the, the the programs with his artwork and. You know, his work that has gone into this, uh, a lot of the paint schemes that he's worked on over the years, is just a, just a visual history of the sport that has, uh, you know, and his notoriety has just really um, helped this sport grow over the years. And I think he's, uh, you know, he's been an asset to everybody in this sport.
2: Exactly, Stephen. And, you know, you and I, we have talked to him in the media center and just let some of our listeners know, Uh, that was actually Sam Bass that you talked to or that you listened to. And when you talk to him in the media center, when you talk to him at one of his autograph sessions, when you talk to him at the NASCAR hall of fame or wherever Sam's at, if you go into the Sam Bass gallery, if you talk to him, Sam Bass is the same. He will not change what you just heard was Sam Bass. Correct, Steven?
0: Yeah, he never changes. He will stop walking into a racetrack and talk to you the same way as if he's sitting there at like he said coming up at the bristol night at the bristol night race um you know food city night um if you walk into his gallery etc he is the same person every single day no matter where he is
2: amen stephen wilson stephen let's take a little quick break because uh we've had We've had uh, Cruz on, <clears throat> excuse me. We've had cruise on. We've had Sam Bass on there. Let's take a little quick break. Everybody, take a little breather. Let's come back and talk about some breaking news or whatever. But uh, we'll be right back. Let's take a little quick break. Like I said, uh, I'm Tim Spain, alongside of CEO dot com. Mr. Stephen Wilson up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right side, right outside of the Richmond Raceway. We will be right back after this quick break. Well, it's a
6: long way to Richmond on
4: 95
6: With a redhead riding shotgun And a pistol bomber
1: Dale Earnhardt Jr. I love that Darlington Raceways Throwback Weekend gives us an opportunity to honor our sport's history. The celebration at the track, too tough to tame, connects NASCAR's past, present, and future. Here is Harry Gant about to win the Southern 500. Martin Truex Jr. is doing that tonight at Darlington. Join me up. in celebrating Darlington Raceways Throwback Weekend on September 2nd and 3rd. Purchase your tickets now by calling 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com.
2: We're back live from and Nation. I'm in Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, I didn't really get a chance to talk. Uh, how's everything going, bud? How's the weather up there?
0: Um, the weather's not too bad up here today. Uh, it's not 100 degrees and it's supposed to be nice for the next couple of days. And I'm not going to feel like that I'm sitting on the sun, so that's a good thing. <laughs>
2: You got that right, but Steven, let's try to cover some breaking news uh, Because we jammed in two guests there And again, I want to thank Cruz Kenner there from Skinner Motorsports I'll give a big shout out also to uh, Sam Bass there for coming on But uh, Steven, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot But uh, uh, Dover International Speedway They had a tire test up there today Uh, Dylan Hart Jr., Matt Kenneth, Joe Logano Lennon Castle, and Chris Buescher participate in that Goodyear tire test. Um, And uh, there was a lot of people up there also watching it. Uh, Do you have any information on that?
0: No, I mean, I I think they said something out a little earlier when they were talking a little bit about it. Um, Didn't really get a whole lot to... Um, pull down the audio or anything like that, and really read anything. I mean, okay. listen to it, sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know, and I, you know, like I said, I didn't want to, you know, put you on the spot, but I'm trying to look through my PR stuff there. Do you have any breaking news? I'm trying to look through here, bud.
0: Breaking news out of today. Oh well, let's see here. Oh um. Yeah, you've got. You've well, got hold on. Let me. Uh,
2: let me. Oh yeah, the Clint Boyer deal. Hold on. A minute. Let me hit my nineteen sixties breaking news button. Hold on a minute, Stephen. Stephen Wilson, CEO of PeopleDigest. dot com has some breaking news. Here we go. Come here, bud. I know you laugh at my breaking news button all the time. Go ahead, bud.
0: Yes, Clint Boyer today I've got two things I'm going to go with the Clint Boyer stuff first Clint Boyer has uh, unveiled their uh, Darlington throwback out there that they are going to honor uh, Mark Martin and his number one Carolina dealer's Ford that he ran in uh, the NASCAR Extended series um, between 1988 and 1991. Um, they're they're going to run that scheme out there in honor of Mark Martin. So uh, that that's going to be cool for them. Um, that's so far. Uh, we got a couple cool um, got a couple cool um, throwback schemes out there. Waiting to see. I think Daryl Jr. has one coming up. BK Racing, they said they've got something coming up. Uh, a couple others, they've, they've, they've got it on the schedule coming up also. Um, I think, uh, let's see, who else also is on the schedule to come up? Um, there's a few more. They go fast racing. I think they're also on the schedule. They, there's a few more coming up over the next few weeks that are going to come out with their Darnley and because we're only about a month away from this. We're full races away from going to Darlington Raceway for the southern five hundred out there. Um uh, well sorry, three races away to the southern five hundred out there at uh Darlington Raceway. So uh, that's gonna that's coming up pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, and Stephen, and, uh, I'm
0: checking
2: uh, oh. I'm sorry, go ahead but go ahead. No Oh
0: uh, and uh, you know the 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 other thing the other thing is, is that Barkel Lovowski no surprise has signed a contract extension for team Penske along with Coochie Paul Wolf. So they'll be there for a multi-year contract uh, extension there for the next few years.
2: Well, you just took my breaking news there, but I found another one. I'm going to get you on this <laughs> one, boo. <laughs> That's what I was going to go with. But anyway, I found another one. I'm checking my email. Um. Uh. Sarah Hollingsworth or Tyler Super Speedway, sent out this email this morning, early, and uh, I'm just now getting tense. The first appreciation ticket program unveiled for upcoming Tyler Super Speedway playoff races, and I'm sure you posted it on your site, and I will post it here in a few minutes. But uh, Sarah Hollingsworth, I mean, she's awesome, just along there with Russell Brown also. Uh, the two-day package in the tri seats for Saturday and Sunday, they're $90. Uh, Saturday, October 14th, NASCAR Camp Royal Truck Series FREZ 250 powered by Coca-Cola along with food and food giant qualifying from Alabama 500 and time trials for the FREZ 250. That's, I mean, this is looking like a pretty good deal here, Stephen. Like I said, I hate to read off from my PR, but I just had a chance to look at it. And then uh, Sunday only in the Aniston or Lincoln seats, uh, they're $35. And, you know, like I said, this is their first appreciation deal there. Uh, that's pretty awesome too there, Steve. I don't know if you posted that. I hadn't really had time to look at
0: it. No, I hadn't because uh, I got a few tracks here that they're they're creating their systems and Talladega and Richmond have to be two of them here that uh, I'm, uh, I'm waiting for them to get their systems upgraded and uh, get me back on their list because I'm, um, uh, their 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 press release systems are, like I said, they're they're being upgraded here.
2: Yeah, and just sort of uh, read back over this if I can, Stephen. Uh, what uh first responders pre race pit pass, uh is thirty dollars. Fans can see the cars and crews, you know, get up close, sort of like the media, but not quite like the media. And they're gonna it's gonna honor those that selfishly take on this challenge for safety in the public day and day in and day out, you know, and that's a good thing there. Tato, Super and Russell Branham Sarah, Hollingsworth, Grant Lynch, and all them are doing there. But, uh, Stephen, do you have anything else? Let me close that out and look. Like you said, uh,
4: oh. I'm looking.
2: I think, <laughs> think we've about covered it here, and oh, whenever you were coming on, uh, you know NASCAR made this statement about the passing of uh, what was it? Who's that, Mark Smith? And I think uh, what race team had somebody passed to Stephen? I don't have that
0: released. Uh, that to that was uh, Tristar Motors. Tristar, TriStar. TriStar Motorsports. Uh, Mark, Mark Smith. Yeah, the owner of that. He um, passed away a few days ago at 63 from cancer.
2: Yeah, and. From everybody here at the Pit Stop Radio and Speedway Radio Network, and everybody involved with us, our sister stations, we would like to send out condolences to Mark Smith and his family, also. And Stephen, I don't have the weekend schedule. I'm trying to find it right now, but if you have it up, would you go ahead and read it off?
0: Yeah. So we're we're racing at two, we're racing at two different places this weekend. We're going to be both at Iowa, and we're going to be at uh, Pocono Raceway. So I'm I'm going, to, I'm going to abbreviate this down to to uh to each track. Um so Iowa Iowa on Friday, um, NASCAR K&N Pro Series combination race is going to roll off at uh 7 7:30 um 8:30 Eastern time out here, 7:30 Central time. Um and that's going to be on Saturday. That will air at a later date on NBCSN. Uh, NASCAR NASCAR Xfinity series uh, qualifying on Saturday uh twelve oh five Eastern out there on um, three thirty uh for the NASCAR Xfinity series uh two hundred and fifty laps around the Iowa uh, Speedway. So that's that's going on Friday and Saturday out there between the NASCAR K&N series and the NASCAR Xfinity. Oh, and by the way, um, NBCSN has the uh, NBC S uh, N has the uh, race for the Xfinity Series. PR uh, MRN has the call on radio starting there at three o'clock. So rolling over here to Pocono. Pocono is going. This is the weekend we're going to try something new. So y'all are going to have to kind of hang on here and there's a lot going on at Pocono. Imagine Pocono that. Out here,, Yeah, a lot of stuff going on at Pocono, but we're going to try something new this weekend also. Friday, 1 o'clock, Arca Series qualifying out there. To follow along at 4 o'clock, the Mod Space 150. Uh, 60 laps, 150 miles for them, and then carrying over into Saturday the NASCAR Campy World Truck Series qualifying, 10 a.m., with NASCAR Campy World Truck Series racing there at 1 o'clock. 60 laps, 150 miles for those guys. Now, here's where we're going to have some fun on Sunday. 11.30 a.m., Sunday morning, NASCAR Monster Energy, Monster Energy NASCAR C- uh, Cup Series qualifying, 11.30 a.m., Three rounds of qualifying multi-vehicle, just as we normally do. And then, at 3 o'clock, the Overton's 400. 160 laps, 400 miles. So we are going to qualify and we are going to race on the same day. This will be the first of several events that we are going to qualify and race on the same day in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series this year. So uh, I'm excited to see this.
2: I am too student. And I was gonna ask you, this is the first time ever. Uh I don't know what the deal is with NASCAR doing this, but uh they're trying to uh, consolidate everything and, you know, not really make it into a one day show like O D said, uh, I think it was I D. I can't remember who I was listening to on Sirius XM Nascar Channel that today, but they're trying to trying to make it To where you can come watch a qualifying race, pay the same amount of money, and actually watch a NASCAR race. Correct, Steven?
0: Yeah, you know this. You know this is something that's been in the works for quite a while. They're they're looking at different ways to shorten down some of these weekends. Um, You know, back back years ago, people would come to watch these qualifying, you know, on a different day, and that's really just not the case anymore. Um, You know, this is now a two day, this is now a two day event and uh, they're going to qualify and race on the same day. I think it, this isn't an, is an, an effort to shorten down the weekend. This is an effort to actually give fans more of a reason to also come out and give them more bang for their buck in the ticket, per se. Uh, we're also going to do this later on this season at Martinsville. So um, it's going to be, you know, kind of a test to see going into 2018 whether we can do this more wholesale at some of these weekends, shorten some of these weekends up because logistically, um, you know, these three-day weekends are just not, um, you know, they, they, we we're trying to find ways to to,
4: you know, save, save a little
0: money here.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's what we hear. we did. We hear a lot of that and you know some of this by just cutting an extra day out here and there qualifying and you know qualifying and uh you know uh running a race on the same day uh, you know that that helps too that keeps a lot of people on the off the ground for multiple days um teams can save some money here and there what i would really like to see is i would like to see um Races like um, Darlington or the Coca-Cola 600 or uh, Bristol, Richmond, you know, those types of races that traditionally run late at night or on Saturdays. Uh, and since they're close enough to Charlotte, I would see to like to see them uh, being tested in 2018 as a one-day show. Um, unload the car, practice in the morning, run a qualifying at lunchtime, and run the race at night. And everybody goes home after the race. I, I would like to see them pick one of those events in 2018, and and make a test of it and see how this works. Because I think that's where we're going to start seeing some more money.
2: Amen, Stephen Wilson. And, I mean, you know, it would take, I mean, you know, like you said, qualifying and everything and then run the race, which it won't work here at Daca because we don't have lights. But, I mean, it would be, you have them breaks in between, just like uh, the TV networks are trying to do. Getting them breaks in between uh, with the stage racing. Let your fans get up, go to the restroom go get them adult beverage beverage, go get a, a nacho or whatever, and come back and sit down, I think that would be great, Steve.
0: Yeah, and since they're close enough to, you know, the Charlotte area, it, it would be close enough that they could roll the trucks in there on a, you know, let's just say, you know, a, a, you know Richmond runs on a Friday, uh, Saturday night, they could roll the trucks in there on, you know, a Friday night, Teams could be there early Saturday morning, uh, run the entire day's worth of events, and roll everybody out there and be gone uh, at the end of the night. A one-day show and pack it up and leave. Um, they could do it at Darlington. They could do. They could pick it. You know, Charlotte if they wanted to. They could pick Bristol if they wanted to. And these are all well within, you know, a few hours of. Charlotte, that all have lights, all run very late races in the day, and all are a prime opportunity to pick and run a potential one-day event. And I think it needs to be tested. I think it should be tried. If nothing else, we're trying this out at 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 Pocono. We're going to try it at Martinsville, and I think we're we're making the headways of two-day shows this year because we're doing more two-day shows. Um, but I think in 2018, I think we, I think the next step, the next logical step into this is pick one of those races. Um, it would, I would think that you know, let's not pick Richmond in the late year, late part of the year, or um, you know, uh, I, 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 because that's a playoff race in 2018. Or you know, we nice. pick, you know, uh, you know, I, but I, I think we pick another one of those events, like an early Richmond, or we pick you know, the Coca-Cola 600 or, you know, we pick any of those other races and we say, let's, let's try it. Let's try one time and see what happens. Because at the end of the day, if we don't try, I mean, we yeah. don't know. Yeah.
2: What the hell? Is it? <laughs> it ain't going to hurt nothing to try it, Stephen. It ain't. But Steven, um, I want to thank uh crew skinner. I want to thank Sam Bass and everything. And I want to thank you for being a loyal host there, uh, here on the Speedway Digest radio network, uh, the pit stop with Tim Spiney Stephen Wilson. And Stephen, let everybody know they can follow you in on social media and your website, bud. You got the floor.
0: You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, Brett will be up in Iowa this weekend. Um, Having all the action up there with the KN series and the NASCAR Xfinity series.
2: Yeah, and everybody follow Caleb Pusher on uh, Facebook and on uh, Twitter, and he does a great job for speedway.disc.com. Stephen, until AM and the boys, we said hello, and we will talk to you next Tuesday night. Uh, we will let everybody know on social media who our guest is. Uh, we might have a big surprise. We might have a I can't say, but we're working on a big-name driver, Stephen, and uh, Suzanne, I want to give her kudos. She's working on that, and we will uh, let everybody know if we get them on. And if it is, it's going to be a big, awesome show. And, again, Stephen, thank you very much for everything that you do for the sport. I want to thank my darling wife, Suzanne, for answering the phones, and I want to thank A.M. for everything she does. Tell the boys we said hello, and we're going to say good night from Talladega, Alabama and good night from up there uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, just right outside of Richmond Raceway, where Stephen is from. We will talk to you next Tuesday night. Same bat channel, same bat station. See you from Talladega, Alabama.
1: I'm Dylan Hart, Jr. I love that Darlington Raceway's throwback weekend gives us an opportunity to honor our sport's history. The celebration at the track Too Tough to Tame connects NASCAR's past, present, and future. Here is Harry Gant about to win. The Southern 500, Martin Truex Jr. is doing that tonight so at Darlington. Join me in celebrating Darlington Raceway's throwback weekend on September 2nd and 3rd. Purchase your tickets now by calling 866 459 race or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com.